Welcome to It's Your Community with Vanessa Denha, a public affairs presentation of News Talk 760 WJR. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to It's Your Community. I'm Vanessa Denha Garmo here with Epiphany Communications and Coaching, communications strategist, life and leadership coach, and content creator and host of It's Your Community. Today, we're joining us here is Deja Butler, Director of Planning for Wayne Metropolitan Community Action Agency and overseer of the Detroit Residents First Fund. Deja, how are you? I am doing well, Vanessa. How are you? Wonderful. It's a pleasure talking with you. I, I know Wayne Metro really well. I know Mia. I don't think we've ever met, but it's it's a pleasure to have you on the show. So kind of give our listeners an overview of Wayne Metro. So Wayne Metro is a human services organization. Um, in 2021, we celebrated 50 years of existence. Um, our goal is to eliminate poverty um, in Wayne County. And we do that through offering upward of 75 programs and services um, geared to build uh, client self-sufficiency. So we have programs like water assistance, um, utility assistance. Uh, we have whole family programs like um, Head Start and after school programming. We have workforce development programming, um, participatory grant making initiatives, you name it, we're doing it at Wayne Metro and we're doing it in response um, from feedback that we're getting directly from Wayne County residents. And so um, that's a long, that's a lot of programs and a long history. Um, what can you share with us um, what the Detroit Residents First Fund is, what it aims to do? Absolutely. So the Detroit Residents First Fund publicly launched last summer. So in um, August of 2021, but it's been uh, quite a few years in the making. It was a brainchild of Ed Ignatius when he was at Kellogg. He since retired and kind of passed on the torch to um, Wayne Metro and others at the table. So the Detroit Residents First Fund really aims to um, invest in Detroit-based grassroots nonprofit organizations that are led by Black Indigenous people of color. Um, these uh, types of resident leaders and organizations are usually excluded from traditional philanthropy. So um, we kind of created this fund as a way to give power and social capital um, to them and also to make sure that the work that we're funding um, is actually work that is wanted and needed in uh, Detroit neighborhoods. Okay, and so, um... So is this something new or is this is it being modeled after another kind of grant formula or can you explain that to us? So the Detroit Residents First Fund is the first uh, fund in Detroit's history to adopt participatory grant making as a framework. OK. And that framework basically tells um it basically is where nonprofits, community leaders, grantees, intermediaries all come to the table um, to partner to determine how grants um, will be spent. It okay. breaks down those like traditional powerarchies. It helps philanthropy to not be prescriptive of what the needs are to, with what the needs of the community are. Okay. But instead, we're all sitting at the table together, making decisions about everything down to how the dollars will be spent. Wow. Okay. So who's at the table with you? Who are some of your partners? So the fund is currently comprised of um, the Ford Foundation, the William K. Kellogg Foundation, Wayne Metro, um, the Bar the Fred and Barbara Herb Foundation, and the Skillman Foundation. We're all funded. 
Okay. So as our um, capacity building facilitator. Got it. Okay. And so, you know, I, we're big proponents here about communicating, connecting, and collaborating with people in the community for the greater good, you know, for helping a bigger cause. How important is collaboration for the work that you guys do? Collaboration is key to the work that we're doing. Um, it's been, uh, so we're in the last year of our pilot year. Um, so for the past, I want to say almost five years at this point, we've been um, fine tuning ways to make it truly collaborative in nature. We didn't want to just talk about it. It was something that we wanted to like really be about. So what we've done over the past couple years um, is really talk to the community about the fund incorporate their ideas, um, develop some shared language. We've developed a steering committee that is um, inclusive of really legacy nonprofit leaders in the city of Detroit just to get their feedback as well. And also we wanted to make sure that um, we adopted a consensus model for decision-making. So instead of just relying on uh, majority rules, everybody kind of has uh, the platform to voice how they feel and whether they agree or disagree, or if we should, you know, go back to the table and rethink some things. And then lastly, we just incorporate our grantees feedback in everything that we do so that we're constantly improving the work. I, you know, I love that too. So, so how, you know, when you look for improvements, what are some of the ways that you guys have improved or evolved over the years? So um, one thing we do, we have um, Jane Fran Morgan of JFM Consulting. They are, they help with the evaluation of the fund as well as our grantees. Mm -hmm. So um, they ask grantees about uh, certain DRFF outcomes that we have. And if those are still relevant, if they need to be fine tuned, um, are there things that we should be looking at differently? We have these lunch and learns with where we're all at the table. So the funders are there, the intermediaries, the grantees, the steering committee, we're all there and we're chatting about the direction of the fund. Um, we've been able to, um, through those lunch and learns and through those um, surveys and interviews and other um, methods, we've actually changed part of our financial reporting so it's not as cumbersome on grantees while it's still allowing us to kind of meet benchmarks that our funders set forth. And then we were also able to kind of revamp and revise the application um, so that it wasn't an administrative burden on those organizations as well. So getting the information that we all need, but doing it in a way that works best for everybody. We're talking with Deja Butler here on It's Your Community. She's the director of planning for Wayne Metro Community Action Agency and overseer of the Detroit Residents First Fund. So Deja, tell me, uh, as the director of planning for Wayne Metro, what does that entail? It entails quite a bit. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure you're probably very busy, very busy. So tell us. Very, <laughs> very busy, but I absolutely love it. Uh -huh. um, I really have two main buckets of work. So one is our, um, I oversee the Outwang Continuum of Care. So the homeless response system in Outwang County, all 40 of the 43 communities, excluding Detroit, Highland Park, and Hamtramck, because that's a part of the Detroit Continuum of Care. But really um, rallying together service providers, uh, making sure that we're um, getting government funding and funding funding from other sources really to respond to and eliminate homelessness for those who are literally homeless 
um, at imminent risk of homelessness, experiencing some sort of housing instability and whatnot. And we just, I, I oversee the work to kind of secure and locate um, permanent um, positive housing destinations for them. So that's mm. like half of my work. <laughs> yeah. Let, let's let's get into the, uh, the homelessness. Is that a big priority? Is that the main priority is to get people off the streets and into some type of stable home? That is a huge priority. Now, mm -hmm. initially, um, Wayne Metro, we we've always we've been a service provider for quite some time, but um, we realized, especially during COVID, that we needed to get more involved. So uh, in 20 in 2020, we partnered with some organizations um, to uh, stand up like a rotating church model. Um, to house those who are like literally homeless out on the streets. And then we moved to, um, you know, because COVID was rampant and, and it was highly transmissible, we went to a, a motel model where we had um, homeless individuals sheltering in place in hotel rooms, which was awesome because it kept them safe. It protected, you know, protected their dignity and the like. Yeah. Um, and now uh, we've actually just broken ground on a uh, our standalone emergency response shelter, which will be opening in River Rouge um, closer to the end of the year. So we didn't plan to get into this game, but we realized, you know, based on what was going on um, really in our area and feedback from our partners, as well as um, residents, that that's something that we needed to do and we're doing it. Yeah. I mean, how, I mean, that's probably, if you can't get people off the street and into stable homes, they can't have a better future. At the bottom Absolutely. line, I mean, that's got to be the first step too. I mean, it's such an important step. And, and, and Deja, so in terms of uh, the actual funding, uh, you know, I understand you're actively seeking additional funding sources to continue the work. So tell us about that. So the Detroit Residents First Fund is unique in that we award grantees $50,000 a year for three years. So these kind of smaller grassroots organizations, they usually don't know where their next funding source is coming from, but at least with the Detroit Residents First Fund, they know over the next three years, I'll have $150,000 to do what I need to do. Hmm. So the last cohort, um, they will be starting their final year this year. We're onboarding a new cohort of five grantees, and we're actively seeking um, new funders to come to the table so that we can continue to expand this opportunity um, for years to come. Wow. Okay. So obviously that extra funding, whatever, people listening and want to partner with you, what do they do? They can visit our website. Um, it's drffund.org. And they can also reach out to me directly, um, dbutler at waynemetro.org. I'll be more than happy to have that discussion um, with any potential funder as well as our development team. Yeah, because you, you never can uh, use enough people to partner with and, and help you with your cause. So so you talk about the first cohort. Um, it was a three-year investment for 15 grassroots organizations begin their final year of funding and you're accepting obviously more applications and $50,000 a year. If, if, are you just kind of trying to continue with that model or is that, how is that working? You just want to continue with those, you know, three-year cohorts. Yes. That's our goal to continue with the three-year cohorts. Um, we have huge ideas to expand, but we need funders to be at the table. I know we just had a meeting yesterday with our steering committee and we all 
agreed that we want to expand this opportunity to youth-led organizations. So to resident leaders within the city of Detroit who are 18 to 30, um, who are leading um, some grassroots work and really and doing really innovative work, we want to um, kind of expand this opportunity to them as well. We also want to add a youth advisory component to the work. Um, and we're talking about it and we have people at the table, but we need more. Okay, youth advisory, expand on that for me. What did, would that entail? For people listening who may be interested, what would that entail? That would really entail having young people at the table um, and having the place and the power to make decisions along with the rest of the um, steering committee within the Detroit Residence First Fund. Okay. Um, we have a lot of legacy and seasoned nonprofit leaders who are really jumping at the opportunity to mentor um, some of the up and coming um, resident leaders and to kind of pass the baton and pass the torch on to them. So we would really look at this as an opportunity, you know, for younger younger leaders to glean from the older generation, for, for the older generation to be able to impart in the younger um, generation, yeah. just so that we can continue the work so that, you know, once, you know, our seasoned leaders, you know, have passed on, the work continues and we continue to do more and we continue to build more and evolve. Yeah, I think it's so important, Deja, to get input from different perspectives, different age groups, different generations, different backgrounds. I mean, you never know what you can learn uh, from somebody else and the connections that they have as well. So I think that's a great approach. So in terms of the, you know, organization, um, you, you know, working with different community groups, like the work you're doing in the community, community, community movement builders in Detroit, George Street Community Collective. Tell us about that. So um, Mark Cummington, he leads the um, Georgia Street Collective. Um, the D Georgia Street Collective is, it's, um, it's an urban farming um, organization. It's okay. based in Southwest Detroit. And they bring the neighborhood together really to do community development work um, alongside like growing food to share with those in need. Mm. They host some of the most amazing holiday and seasonal events um, using um, resources that they grow on that farm. And they also do awesome drives um, for clothing, school supplies and the like. So wow, that's um, Georgia awesome. Street is a community center. Um, it's, it's a hub for, for people within that neighborhood. And we're excited to have them apart. And then, so what is the, the community movement builders in Detroit? What is that group? So the community movement builders, it's, it's a member-based um, collective. There, there are actually three chapters across the country. And one, of course, is in Detroit. Um, the belief of the community movement builders is that um, Black people have the right to determine their destiny, and they uh, make sure that they draw upon the input, the feedback, the participation of um, Black people in all of their programming. Uh, it's really based on self-determination. So um, really, what can we do as a people to um, improve our circumstances? So they they are also a big community development um, powerhouse in the city, um, transforming vacant homes. They actually transformed one in Southwest Detroit and they named it the Mama Akua Community House. Mm. Um, and that um, there are 
building a t-shirt printing company to offer young people with apprenticeships and um, job opportunities. And they will be launching in 2022 um, with the support of the, the, uh, the Detroit Residence First Fund. So we're excited about the work that they're doing over there. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then uh, people's, uh, right, um, and then uh, you have a community garden, people's water boards, coalition. So you're, you guys are doing a lot with a lot of different groups. I mean, you really collaborate a lot. Yes, and, and that we were intentional um, with that. We didn't want the fund to just be comprised of um, community development organizations. We wanted kind of all of the interest and all of the needs and all of the innovation going on within the city of Detroit to be represented. So we have some of everybody. We have water advocates. We have um, we have community gardens. We have. Uh, we have some organizations like Force Detroit who are adamant and really active in uh, criminal justice reform work here um, in Detroit and across the state. So we were really intentional. We wanted we wanted all of Detroit to shine in this project. So the guidance that you're getting from the community leaders on the DRFF steering committee, is that what you're talking about in terms of reaching out to youth too, or is that something different? Yes, so we will be expanding we would be expanding the steering committee to include youth. Okay. Um, we actually have added um, a couple members uh, who we plan to uh, start with us in April. Um, we've added a couple members to kind of diversify that body, but then we'll also have a, a complete spinoff of a youth advisory group as well who would do some of the same things that the steering committee is doing. So provide that information and feedback on how we could uh, continue to kind of break down barriers in the grant making process. Wow. We're talking with Deja Butler here on It's Your Community, Director of Planning for Wayne Metro Community Action Agency and Oversee of the Detroit Residents First Fund. Deja, tell me a little bit about yourself. How did you get involved in this kind of work? What enticed you? So when I graduated from the University of Michigan in 2012, I um, was kind of gung-ho about going into business and finance. And that's exactly what I did. Mm-hmm. Um, I did um, mortgage loan origination. I did auto finance, all those kinds of things. And while the money was great, I wasn't fulfilled. And that's because mm-hmm. I always knew that I had to be doing work that was impacting people. I'm a people person at heart. Mm-hmm. I was raised around people, pe- you know, people who loved people. Um, mm-hmm. It was always instilled in me. So when I had the opportunity and when I just got fed up of kind of just lining someone else's pockets, I looked for opportunities um, that would allow me to be more Im- impactful and to um, do work that had more of a meaning. And I stumbled upon Wayne Metro. And when I started at Wayne Metro, I was a frontline staff person um, who processed some of our water assistance applications. And then after speaking, yeah, you've met Mia. So after speaking with Mia and others, I, you know, I was like, I want to do more. What can I do? And then the Detroit Residence First Fund um, was presented to me and I fell in love with it. So um, now, in addition to like the homeless response system that I oversee, I oversee DRFF or the Detroit Residence First Fund as part of our participatory grant making program. So that offers community engagement opportunities, capacity building and leadership development opportunities, as well as the grant making and the Detroit Residence First Fund is a part of that. On top of our seeding grants, our Rowan County grants, our volunteer program, 
our regional advisory councils, which, you know, help us to solicit feedback and input from regions across Wayne County. So I'm really in the thick of it, doing things and, and getting information from the people, because I believe that we can only kind of come up with efficient, effective, equitable decisions and um, resources if all of our voices are represented at the table. And Mia and Lewis and, and the Wayne Metro team have given me the platform to do that. That's awesome. And, and I understand that you're offering an incentive for in, in interested funders for every 10,000 invested by new funding sources. Wayne Metro Action will sponsor Detroit Public Schools Community District students. So elaborate more on that for us. What is that all about? Absolutely. So to incentivize and encourage funders to um, join in with the Detroit Residents First Fund, um, Wayne Metro has agreed to sponsor a DPSCD student, uh, preferably a high school student, to take part in our youth development and leadership program for the 2022-23 school year. So for every $10,000 that's donated to the Detroit Residents First Fund, Wayne Metro will sponsor one student um, for the city of Detroit to participate in that um, capacity building leadership development program for youth. Um, these donations are tax deductible. Um, they can be both corporate or individual giving. Um, and we are able to offer some match programs for philanthropic, uh, philanthropic efforts um, with certain employers. So mm -hmm. we're trying to get the word out um, and, and as I kind of shared with you earlier, like this whole empowering the youth thing is, is really big with Wayne Metro. It's also a really big thing within the Detroit Residents First Fund. And we figured this would be a great way to kick off our youth involvement. That's great. So I know that COVID, like every other group, uh, put a put a kind of a wrinkle on everything they do and meeting in person and having events. Do you guys have any events coming up like as we're moving past the pandemic? We do, we're trying to, and, and you're right, COVID keeps putting a damper on it. But once the new cohort is onboarded in May, we're looking to have a celebratory event to welcome them into the fund um, so that they're able to meet current grantees, meet steering committee members, kind of rub elbows with some of our funders and build some relationships there. So that that's to come, but we're hoping to do that sometime um, in the early, late spring, early summer. Yeah, it's just, it's so sad that, I mean, the pandemic is what it is, but that not not having that in-person uh, connection, it's been such a bummer in the work that people like you do on a regular basis to have those personal connections uh, with people in the community. Absolutely. Networking is, is big um, and, and it's a really big way um, that we could kind of, we could create some positive change. Once we're laying eyes and laying hands on one another and we're able to see and, and, and feel each other out. So I'm definitely looking forward to the day when we can do that again on a regular basis. Yeah, me too, Deja. I miss the networking. Deja Butler, yes. <laughs> Director of Planning for Wayne Metro Community Action Agency and overseer of the Detroit Residents First Fund is who's been talking with us here on Intercommunity. What else do you want to share with our listeners here on Intercommunity, Deja, before we let you go? I just, if you know anyone who is in need, period, across Wayne County, definitely reach out to Wayne Metropolitan Community Action Agency. As I shared with Vanessa earlier, we offer 75 plus programs and services to help people along the pathway to self-sufficiency. So um, 
feel free to reach out to us www.waynemetro.org slash apply. Um, you can access our universal application where you can literally apply for every single service that Wayne Metro offers in an application that takes less than seven minutes. Wow. Or if you need some assistance and, and you're not tech savvy, I know I struggle in the tech area sometimes. <laughs> we have our navigators on our um, Connect Center. They can be reached at 313 388 9799 Monday through Friday from 8 a.m. to 6 p.m. and on Saturdays from 9 a.m. to noon. So there's help out there. Let's spread the word. Let's help Wayne County to eliminate poverty. 75 programs in uh, more than a 50 year history. That's pretty impressive, uh, Dejan. Thank you for coming on at your community and sharing with us the Wayne Metro story. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so glad to be here. Oh, my pleasure. If you have any comments or questions, show topics you want me to get to, Vanessa Dunha, you go to Epiphany Communications and Coaching. You can private message me there, email me there, or go to any of my social media platforms. Find me on LinkedIn, Epiphany Communications and Coaching on Facebook. You can go to Twitter or Instagram, private message me there as well. And we are always looking for show topics and guest ideas to share with us here on Inter Community, to share with the rest of the community. And as always, we remind people to communicate, connect, and collaborate with your community. Thanks for tuning in. We'll catch you next time. It's Your Community, a public affairs presentation of News Talk 760 WJR.